This program is brought to you by The Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. So many different areas and today we're going to see how Paul continues to write to us and how we can continue to live a gospel a life that's very practical to the gospel how we mine our salvation in the area of service in the area of service uh, in Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 Paul says do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit or vain glory that is do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourself let each of you look not only to his own interests but also to the interests of others and this morning in this passage we're going to see two beautiful amazing men of God who are going to live this out in a beautiful way and he's going to say church follow these guys examples follow these guys because these guys have really said yes to serving God without any selfish ambition without seeking vain glory but in humility they're counting others more significant than themselves and here's a good way for us to be able to to model our lives after Uh, most of Christian life you need to know is not really taught it's caught most of Christian life you can stand here and listen to sermon after sermon after sermon but if you don't have good examples to follow it's really hard for you to be able to practically apply that one of the reasons why I want to preach messages that I'm able to apply is because I want to be able to model that for you. I want to be able to model this to the youth that I was serving, to the youth leaders that I was serving. And so that young leaders as they grow will be able to model what the Bible actually says and what we're calling them to apply. And Christian life is really something that we, we, we listen from the Word of God, we listen to the Spirit of God, but we also need to model it from people around us that are walking this Christian life out. Now you might be thinking, Joel, but wait a minute, man, we are supposed to be imitating Jesus and nobody else. He is our best example, right? Right? We're supposed to imitate Jesus. Well, good luck with that because he was sinless. And you are? Okay, good. Few of you guys, okay? Awesome. By the time we're done with this, everybody will be like, sinner right here. No. We're at a Baptist church. Don't worry. No. Ah, Joel, shut up. <laughs> this is what happens when Levi does announcements, right? It's like, I just forget that I'm like a preacher at a church. I'm like, hey, I'm hanging out with my homies. It's good. But Jesus was sinless, and it's, it's amazing when you have a pastor like this who fails, who says stuff, you know, who's not very pastoral. And it's like, hey man, he's like us. He fails like us. You know, he speaks like us, and, and he's not putting on this crazy show of a Christian and, and, and I, can, I can emulate my life in the way he emulates life. I see the way he raises his kids and, and I've seen him fail. I've seen the way he gets angry. I've seen the way he laughs at stupid stuff that he shouldn't be laughing at, you know, and the stuff that he says. And, and it's nice for us to have good, godly, human examples, not just our example of Jesus because sometimes it can get Christians. Don't leave me alone over here. Sometimes it can get very depressing. Man, he was perfect, man. He was put on the cross for my sin. There's no way I am worthless. And that's why this morning... Satan will come and lie to you and say, man, Jesus doesn't love you. He was perfect. Look at you. And it's what, what Paul is going to do, he's going to bring two guys. And these two guys are so crazy opposite, man. It's amazing. I love it. And, and no matter where you, where you are in your life, you'll be able to find um, similarities in these guys to be able to model after. The funny thing, though, is Paul is going to talk about these two guys and he's going to talk about their travel itinerary, about their travel plans. And you're like, Paul, why in the world are you giving me the you know, travel plans in the middle of this beautiful book where you're talking about the gospel and the cross? And a lot of times, these commentators and preachers actually talk a lot about the travel and how long it took. But the point is not to look at the travel, but the desire to travel, the desire to serve, the desire to pack their bags, put their shoes, and do what was needed for the kingdom of God. The title for this morning's message is Out of Service. My wife said, should we call it Ready to Serve? 
And I was like, no, 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 that's too positive. Ready to serve. Because I, you guys grew up in church. I know you. You'd be like, yes, I'm ready to serve. You'll go out there, forget everything. So we got to start from, from a very negative aspect, out of service. Because fair chance, 80, 90% of you sitting over here, you believe in Jesus, but your sign says, out of service. And, um, and it's a fair chance that God is going to supernaturally enable you to change that sign from out of service to ready to serve. And my goal for us this morning is not for you to get your shoes on and your bags packed and go across the world to share the gospel. My goal primarily is this, is for you to check your attitude, for you to check the disposition of your heart, your desires to see if you are ready to serve. If you're ready to take off your titles, to take off your self-respect and dignity and put on the robes of a servant and sit at crusty old feet and wash feet, so to speak. If you're willing really to stoop to the lowest low, if that's what God wants you to do. Putting away titles, put away leadership positions, put away money and put away fame and put away your past reputation, but say, Lord, I'm ready to serve. Because oftentimes we say we're ready to serve, but our sign really says, out of service. Uh, These two men that we're going to be looking at, um, they're fantastic because their sign definitely says, ready to serve. Jesus left, us with the, leaves us with the, Jesus left us with the task of reaching the world. Isn't that crazy? He left you with the task of reaching the world, of going into the world and making disciples, of telling people that there's hope, of telling people, don't kill yourself, there's, there's, there's hope beyond hope. It's dark right now, but there's a light in the end of the tunnel because Jesus is alive. And he's left us with a task. But instead of us going and making disciples of Jesus, we unfortunately have sought our own glory. We've sought our own pleasure. We've sought our own comfort. And Christianity has become a what-can-I-get religion than how-can-I-give relationship. It's about what can I get rather than what can I give. And like I said, my challenge is not in the end of the service to pass the offering basket around again. Although, huh, should have thought about that. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) My challenge is not for you to sign up for like a ministry need in the church. My challenge really is for you to check the attitude of your heart and to say, Lord, prepare me to change the sign, a billboard on my life that says ready to serve no matter what. Number one, like I've been talking about all this while, you are a billboard. What does your sign say? You are a billboard. Whether you like it or not, you stand as a billboard. What does your sign read? Here's a good way for you to unpack this. How would those that know you finish the sentence about you? You are always, you are always, you're always so concerned about your looks. You're always working out. You're always complaining about politics. You are always worried about money. You're always sleeping. You're always eating. I get that a lot. Right? You're like, Joel, get away from the fridge. Step away from the fridge now. Put your hands on your head. No. Uh, you know, how would they finish the sentence? You are always, you're always, you're always sleeping. You're always looking for the next hustle. You're always looking to, to become the next YouTube sensation, young people. You're always, what, what would it be? You're always grumpy. You're always whining about something or the other. How would people who know you finish the sentence about you? You are always, you see, Many times in our life, we become very self-promoting. And the way you answer the question will show you if you're self-promoting or God-pointing. In my life, I had to go through this and be like, man, I really hope that even the good things that people say about me, man, you're always sharing the gospel, is true about me because otherwise I'm a hypocrite. 
right? How would people finish a sentence, you are always? Paul is going to tell us what is on Timothy's billboard. He's going to say, this guy, he has genuine concern. He seeks the interest of Jesus. He's proven himself to be faithful. He's relational and is trustworthy and is willing to go. Look at this in, second, uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy. By the way, pause right over there. I hope in the Lord. I, I don't want to just skip over that real quick. It's a side note. Actually, I wanted to buy three points. One with being Paul, one Timothy, and one Aphroditus, the third guy. But I was like, that'll be too long. You guys will be here till next Sunday. But Paul never really did anything on his own accord, on his own flesh, on his own desires. He always hoped in the Lord that God would open a door for him. He always hoped that God will send him, always hoped that God would take him to Rome. Even though God took him to Rome in a way that he didn't want to go through as a prisoner, being bitten by a snake in a shipwreck, he always hoped that God would open the doors. And Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you. Who is Timothy? Timothy is a guy who really, man, was ready to serve. He was not a guy that had a sign that says out of service. Look at this in Acts chapter 16 verse 1. Paul came to Derby and Lystra and a disciple was there. So his sign said disciple. His billboard said disciple of Jesus. A disciple was there named Timothy. The son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. So his mom is a Jew, his father is a Greek, which makes him a freak. All right. You know, <laughs> he was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. He was well spoken of. So he had a good reputation. So his billboard, really, as a disciple of Christ, a good reputation, being a good example. And Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. And he took him and did what? He had the brother circumcised. This is an adult, man. I mean, that's dedication. Sorry, guys. I, that's dedication to It's like, I'm ready to serve. You know, you got to be circumcised. Out of service, sorry. You know, come back next week. I mean, this guy is ready to serve. I know that's kind of funny to you guys, but ouch for Timothy, man. And, and it says because the Jews who were there in those places, uh, they were going to go reach them and they knew that his father was a Greek. Okay, jokes aside, hey, some of us were willing to put our money on the line. We're putting, willing to put our reputation on the line. Well, when it comes to physical discomfort, when it comes to something that can seem like a joke to others around you, you're like, step away from the vehicle, right? It's like, no, no, Lord, get someone else to do that. Uh, coming here and preaching, very often, I tell my wife, it's like standing naked before you guys. Because again, it's like, I do not know what's going to come out of this mouth, right? I can say something absolutely stupid. And I go back home and on Monday, I beat myself up with everything that I say. And I, I, that's something that God's been walking me through of saying, hey, listen, are you ready to serve no matter the cost? Sure, you might put your foot in your mouth, but are you willing to trust that I'm able to use that for my glory too? In fact, there are many times that people, if you guys know, welcome to this church, first time, I'm sorry, I'm a pastor that occasionally cusses, okay? I say certain things that's not very church-friendly. I grew up in India, and that was just a part of my language at home. And, and, I, and, and it's not like a fleshly thing. It's just it's the way I pray sometimes. It's crazy. And sometimes I don't even know what's a cuss word in America. They're like, oh my gosh, you said what? I was like, really? Oh, sorry, man. Like, you know? But the funny thing is, a lot of times people go and complain about me and to other people, and those people download our app and they listen to our sermon, and guess what? They show up to our church. They're like, I really like the way this guy preaches. So God's able to take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. Someone's need to shout amen to that, right? Thank you, Jesus. Because sometimes God doesn't want you to look like the world. God doesn't want you to look like your typical Christian. God wants you to look like the way he created you to be. And God's like, hey, Timothy, if you're ready to service, I'm going to shape you, make you the person that I want you to be. It can be discomforting. It can be a little embarrassing. It can, you might seem like, you know, people are going to laugh at you and you're going to walk with a limp for a little bit for a few weeks, but it's what I'm doing in you. Are you ready to serve? 
And Timothy's like, I'm ready to go. Look at this in verse 20. The, the words that is on the billboard of Timothy's life that Paul affirms and, and comments. Verse 20, for I have no one like him. For, this is coming from the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. I have no one like him. Okay, Paul's done ministry with Luke. He's done ministry with other people that are preaching over there. And he says, I have no one like him. If you remember, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 2, Paul says, Complete my joy of being of the same mind, having the same love, and being in full accord and of one mind. And I told you this was being one souled, S-O-U-L-E-D, one soul. And he says, man, Timothy, he's one soul with me. In other words, for Paul, to live was Christ and to die was gain. And so it was with Timothy too. Timothy was not arm wrestling Paul with what should be done. He trusted Paul implicitly and said, man, you want me to go to Corinth? I'll go to Corinth. You want me to go to Rome? I'll go to Rome. You want me to go over there? You want me to get circumcised? I'll get circumcised. I am ready to serve. I'm ready to serve. And Paul, he gives three reasons why this is true of Timothy. Number one, he says, he's one soul with me. He's united with me. He's united with me. And I want you to know this, folks. When you are a disciple of Jesus, or when you're serving a person that you say, you're my mentor, you would become like them. It's impossible for you to say, I'm mentored by this person and be completely contrary and opposite to who this person is. Jesus says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 40. He says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. Now for some of you, you might be young, you might be old. It's very important for you to find people who can mentor you, who can pour into you, who can speak truth and life into you. Now I know I grew up without a dad physically, like in my home. And, and, and for many years, I grew up without a good pastor that can mentor me. Because every time people want to mentor me, they only wanted to shove me and keep me down. And I hated that. But then God brought amazing people who actually understood the way I worked, understood the way I thought, and began to mentor me. And I'm telling you, today, the reason why I am the way I am today is because God brought faithful people who were bold in my life, who called out sin in my life, who mentored me well. And it was beautiful to be one sold with them for the season that God called me to. And Paul says, hey, listen. This guy, there's no one like him. He's one soul with me. And then he says he has genuine interests in the church. He says, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare? Isn't that beautiful that Paul could see that in Timothy, that his care was not for himself, but his care genuinely was for the churches. In other words, when Paul says that, man, I have the daily anxiety for the church, he saw that in Timothy too. That even Timothy was like, man, I have this daily anxiety for the church. I loved it in our, in our road trip with Levi. I want to hang out with him because he's been doing a lot for the church and he's been, you know, I've been trying to pass on the vision that God's calling us to in this season. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.